Hello, everyone, and welcome to Show Hoppers. Today we are covering Bodies, Episode 7, Catch Me If You Can. I am Mr. Sal, high school science teacher, watching Bodies for the first time with my co-host and former student, Kurt. Kurt, it's good for the old to be around the young. Keeps one's marbles intact. How much has that helped you? So much. <laughs> for reference, I mean, you do teach students younger than me. So I do. I think it's me. They're trying to see me with that, people. No, I, no, but it does. It does help a lot. Stay, <laughs> helps me stay relevant. <laughs> stay keep, keeps my marbles intact. I really like that. <laughs> anyway, all right, Kurt. Well, let's see how we felt about this episode. Rating. So I'm, I'm trying to think back to other series that we've had where we have like a kind of an interlude episode, a flashback episode. Not, not all of this is. This is a lot yeah. of this. Well, I guess technically nothing is flashback. It's I, all I, but no, I get what you're saying. There's definitely yeah. like we understand what's happened. It's kind of showing mm-hmm. us we've already kind of been told has happened. Right. So, I, I mean, I know the, the leftovers has one at the end of season one. And I, I think you love that episode. Um, I know, like, we definitely have had, well, I'm thinking of The Last of Us now. And I think the, the flashback episode is one that was like your least favorite one of the season, <laughs> <laughs> even though it was one of my favorites. I yeah. love it. I was, it was uh, a very controversial series between the two of us. Or not, yeah. I shouldn't say controversial, but like debate. We, we like different things of it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So I, I don't think there's a consistent track record for you on that. Oh, uh, wow. I, okay. I, I think, I think you like Mannix a lot. I think you liked seeing that whole storyline. Uh, uh, my question is how much you cared about what was going on in 2053. <laughs> uh, and if you, if it bothered you that we only spent a very small amount of time in 1941 and not much at all and no time in, uh, 2023 uh i don't think you gave this a 10 i think maybe you gave it a nine so i i think you enjoyed the episode for what it was like you liked the connective glue of seeing the rise of julian harker i think you loved seeing 1889 as well that was something that oh, really yeah made you we did talk about that last time didn't we <laughs> yeah because i was i was like there's no way it could all be in 1890 so i'm glad that they at least put some of it in 1889 so so did did Gabriel Defoe screw up or did he intentionally send him back a year earlier? Who knows? Had, Maybe it's not like super exact. I'm just kinda of going with like because judging yeah. by he said he tried to chase Mannix and fell over and ended up in like different timelines. Yeah, I'm, maybe. I'm just kinda of, and he also left in the teleporter same time as him and came a little later. I'm just going with yeah. it's not exact. Like, okay. It's not, it's not like an exact science. Although it is yeah. science, I guess. Yeah. Whatever, so that, that part doesn't bother me. That he tried sending him back to eighteen ninety, got him to eighteen eighty nine. Yeah, okay. I think I think you liked I think you liked the episode for what it was. You liked the twenty fifty three stuff. You think you're giving it a ten, but the big question mark is what they come up with as a conclusion in the twenty fifty three, which is trying to change Mannix's mind, which I feel like contradicts the loop in a way. Now perhaps they can do it in a way that doesn't contradict the loop. But I'll be honest, that kind of scared me. And I think that kind of scares you. I remember we covered a similar series where they came up. I'm not going to say it because it's kind of a spoiler for the end of the series. But they did something that scares you at the end. <laughs> very recently. <laughs> <we covered. laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It yeah. scared you right at the very end. And it, it's you still like the series. 
but it's scary. You know, you're you're worried what they're going to do with that. So because of that worry, I think it gave it a nine. You know me too well, Deeds. That was exactly my thought process. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that... And I and I went trust on until they burned that bridge. I gave it a ten. I loved the episode. I've I've okay. There's there are two reasons why I didn't give it a ten. But mm-hmm. if you want to talk about your ten first, that's fine. Oh uh, yeah, all I say is everything in the past is great. Everything. Oh my god, Manix, yes. Anything with Manix was just wonderful. No no Absolutely. complaints there. Hundred percent. The future is definitely worse than that. But I still mm-hmm. it's. The past is enough to buoy it. It's not too much. It, it's it's basically plot. The whole future stuff. I, I don't see anything really happening mm-hmm. with people's character. I thought it was cool. A uh, little, little bit with Maplewood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maplewood and Hassan mm-hmm. and Maplewood yep. changing her mind with stuff. That yep. was all right. I probably would have given that to him like a nine. Yeah, it were that that same sentiment worries me. But I, if if that turns out, if they somehow break the loop. In not a consistent way in the next episode. I will go back and probably de-rank this episode. That's what I've basically decided upon. I will probably lower mm-hmm. the ranking of this episode. However, yeah. I, I will trust that they will somehow... They, they seem to pretty well know that everything is inevitable in a way. It does mm-hmm. worry me that they rationale it being that the universe just wants Mannix alive. Not that uh-huh. his ideas necessarily will go through. But there you go. Right. That's, my, that's my two cents on that. Uh, so yeah, now that that worry is certainly... One of the things that, uh, one of the reasons why I gave this a nine instead of a ten, because I, I loved, I loved everything happening in the eighteen hundreds. It was wonderful. Loved it. Uh, the twenty fifty three stuff was was good enough. So uh, and and the nineteen forty one stuff good enough. Um, I am worried that even the fact. Okay, so part of me wants to say if they go back in time to try to change his mind and end up causing this loop in the first place. Good on them. This is all. Yeah. That, that's awesome. That's but the- I'll still be, I don't know if I'd give this a 10, even in that situation, because I can't have Defoe saying that this is a possibility. <laughs> like I just can't like the, the guy, like it's, it's, if there's an expert on it, if there's a believer in the causal loop, it's him. Well, so, well, well, well he, I'll push back on it by saying it could be coping, right? He's really mm-hmm. hoping that there's a way you can do it. And again, you, you call him an expert, and he probably is the one that knows it the best out of anyone in that mm-hmm. universe that we know of. But it's not an exact science. Like, he's kind of on the bleeding edge of it. So he doesn't yeah. really quite know. Like, this is the first time he's time traveled. He doesn't really know how much you – it's just all kind of his theory as to how yeah. it all works. So – Maybe that's why he's not as confident. Maybe he does just think, well, maybe, yeah, the universe just wants to keep him alive and you maybe can change his mind. Because yeah. he's not, he is the expert out of everyone alive, probably, but he's yeah. not, it's a bleeding edge. He, yeah. he doesn't know it that well. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, I mean, I, I've been willing to reevaluate this if they, they do keep the causal loop. But the other big problem that I have with this episode is I I cannot believe that they didn't do anything in 2023. Not fine with that. I'm not fine with that. If the timeline's dead, the timeline's dead. They brought Hassan into the future. How is that timeline dead? Elias blew up the bomb. Yeah? So be it. If they don't, I'm fine with that. Elias is a criminal. He blew up thousands of people. How does he become supreme leader? Like I, I, I want to know this. I but, see but, the next episode. And, and that's possible, too. Like That is something I'd be willing to forgive. 
if they uh, maybe not though i really think if they just this just gave us a little taste of 1941 i think we needed a little taste of 2023 as well mm. so the, 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 i'm picking it next to some extent here but i i don't think this is as strong as the previous three episodes of i no I, so, I will say this as giving it a 10 i yeah. uh, it is it is worse than the last two yeah but, so, uh, so I, so I'm definitely, I'm comfortable with a nine because it was the, the 1800 stuff was so good. It was um, really good. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm comfortable. With, and Stephen Graham, by the way, what a guy he's crushing it. He's great. Also very short. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, I didn't see that. <laughs> but like Paulie towers over him. <laughs> Uh, they have so many camera shots of looking at Stephen Graham. This is Mannix looking at him, but keeping Polly in the shot barely. And it was always like, so you were kind of looking at him through her eyes mm-hmm. and it was always looking down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's just, I mean, he's only like five foot five, five foot six. I looked it up. He's, he, he is not a tall man. <laughs> So I do like too that they they kind of played off that when he's like, what is he a giant? <laughs> because because <laughs> actually right, Stephen yeah. Graham's just really short. So anyway, oh boy. Okay, well before we get too deep into this conversation, let's take a guess at each other's favorite scenes. Favorite scenes. Not a lot of scenes in this episode, by the way. Okay, we've been, Patrick, we've been doing and not it. <laughs> not by the way we've been doing it because if if that's if we're gonna keep it the way that we've been doing it, the first scene is half the episode. No, there's 1889 and then there's 1890. Oh, you're right, 1889. Well, okay, fine. But, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's still <laughs> the six scenes. Then that's what yeah. I mean. uh, so I did split it up. Um, that, uh, well, at least, at least that part I split up. Because so, I was like, it can't, this can't all be one scene. Well, that's no not way. fair to me. You didn't give me the memo on this. <laughs> all right. Well, then, all right. If if that's the case, <laughs> I guess I'm just picking 1890 as the like the first stuff that happens in 1890 as your favorite scene. So we're talking about everything from uh, Julian turning the gaslight off on Long Harvest Lane right through um, him breaking the the news to Polly that her uh, her father killed himself. <laughs> it's such it's a huge so chug. But if I have to, if, if I could specify, and I'm going to ask you to do this too. If I'm going to specify, right. then I would say uh, your favorite part of that bit is the conversation that Julian has with Hillinghead in the carriage. Uh, and I'll, I'll go same, same seas for you on both. So, oh, wow. Okay. 1890, uh, first 1890 and him chatting with uh, Hillinghead. Okay. Well, and if, Ladbrook's around. I think you love Ladbrook. Yeah. Ladbrook. Yeah. So if uh, I have to, if we're lumping all of that 1890 stuff together, then yeah, that has to be my favorite yeah. scene. Okay. As is mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so big. Uh, but I'm just, my... saying, I'm just being consistent. I'm a yeah, Mr. Okay. Consistent. But, but that is not my favorite part of the episode. It, uh, like when, once you get more oh, specific on it, the, the Hillinghead uh, carriage ride is not my favorite. Can I just give it another crack? Sure. On the spot. In, yeah, all, sure. in all defense. 
Yeah. Is it? Is I'll, it's probably my I'll give you a big. Go ahead. I'll, if you don't get it right here, I'll no, give you a no. huge hit. I I think it's part of the 1889 because it's okay. part of his origin story. I think it's when he's talking to Ag. Oh, I can't say that name. Agatha, Agatha Harker, Lady Harker, and basically it's a tarot card reading, and all cards are on the table that hey, he's not really your son, but she'll accept the fact, you know, for this deal here that you're the Julian Harker. Oh, pepperoni and gumballs. You know me too well, dudes. Yes, I, yeah, exactly I, I, that. I thought about. I loved that scene, so I, I did oh, think man. about making that my own. If we were doing scenes, and it's I not, think. it's not like, it's not anything super like deep or like uh, super. There's no emotional. Well, there's a little bit of emotion to it, but I just thought it was. I I was so sucked into that scene. I was more sucked into that scene than any other scene in this episode. I like that scene because when when. He first comes when he's in the hospital, and Lady Harker yep. declares her declares him her son. I'm like, well, yes. come on, right? Like the guy, you just you just accept <laughs> the guy. I guess she just wants to believe it. Yeah. And then you know they get home. Archie the dog doesn't remember him. It's, the paintings <laughs> clearly aren't. Oh him. my the god, bald. the paint, bald. He's bald. He's bald. He's huge. <laughs> yeah, and he's so different. He's so much smaller too. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, well, come on. This is madness that she even – she's buying this. She just wants yeah. to believe it. And yeah. then I like that they acknowledge the fact that she's not like – she's not an idiot. She knows no. that this isn't really her son. She's yeah. kind of playing along to figure out what he really wants. And then yep. they come to a deal. Uh, that's great. And then it makes sense henceforth why – and she's kind of in on it that he's from the future and he'll yep. – you know, guarantee her this stuff. So it's, I like that. I think it is really good for the story. So it's it's awesome. It's it, 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 it you you go into that scene and you're like, how's when as soon as she calls him out, like, did you know? Do you know my son? Mm-hmm. As soon as you, like now we know. Okay, literally the cards are on the table. <laughs> so now we know that she's she's playing along, but this could get dangerous right here. Like he could kill her right here. Mm-hmm. Because that was a really risky thing to do to take that risk to ask him, and he rewards her. It's like you know what? Look, here's the thing. I I, I know things about the future. Like this. Like see this card right here. This is the, I'm going to marry her. It's the police officer's uh, daughter. I know that. Like you know, and well, dude, imagine he's got this. This go ahead. I'm sorry. Imagine supreme confidence if you know time is oh. inevitable. And oh, where you're yeah. landed, you're like, I, he, he knows he's making it to 1941. And, and <laughs> I, I think, I think there are a couple of times where it pops up in this episode. Well, lots of times where it pops up in this episode, but never more so than right here. I agree. He's just got this this crap eating grin on his face. Like, I know this is like, I, I, I know that you're my mother. You're gonna be my mother. Like, you're going to agree to this. Uh, she doesn't which is why there's a lot of risk in it for her but there's no risk for him and he just he just turns on this charm with supreme confidence of do you want to be part of it (laughs) yes julian (laughs) you know it's and 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 then they both just have this giant smile on the handshake but it's not like she gets nothing out of it like she she gets plenty out of this like he treats her like a mother she's involved in all of this you know she she gets to feel like a mother again she gets a son she gets a granddaughter or grandson she gets wealth that she was apparently losing like i mean that there is definitely this is definitely a mutually beneficial relationship and i love that that she's so scared in the beginning he's confident and charming the whole way through and by the end of this 
they are just thick as thieves and love and life. Yeah, I love it. They're doing good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. So that, that's this is my favorite scene in the episode. And I don't want you to talk about all of 1890, but if you want to talk about <laughs> the, the carriage ride, the, that's probably good enough for now. It, I, I think the carriage ride speaks for itself in a lot of ways in terms of we haven't seen Hillinghead the entire episode. Yep. Big question marks. We know he, he's been jailed. They're transporting him. Ladbrook's there. And they stop midway through so him and Julian can have a, a bit of a chit-chat. And it's it's just it, the suspense of the scene. It's just, oh, what's gonna happen to Hillinghead? Are they gonna kill Hillinghead? Or what's is are they gonna send him to jail? Is Julian gonna free him out of guilt? Julian knows. Again, which is kind of this turns into a thing of like he's untouchable in a way. Like he knows he can't oh, lose. Yeah. Right, right. So he he must know he has to kill like Hillinghead, he must feel the need to have to kill him, but he tried, you know. Yeah. But I guess time's inevitable in a way. He should have framed Henry. Didn't. Mm-hmm. For what reason? Love. Whatever. And he, he shows back that progressive mindset of, oh, yeah. I know what it's like to live a lie. You're born in the wrong time, Hillinghead. Yeah. Where I'm from, you can hold hands. Yeah. <laughs> Shame, yeah. though. Anyway, yeah. I'll be taking your daughter, Polly. <laughs> Love her like you did Henry. <laughs> See? <laughs> Funny, isn't it? And then and then leaves. Yeah, he does have this other line that I really like from the scene. Oh, the uh, quote generator. What what did he say? The quote generator. Uh, let me make sure I wasn't going to give you. This is a quote. No, we're good. So, <laughs> he says, uh, "I've longed for a world where you and I could belong together." I love that line. That that oh, yeah. line is so cool. I, think, I mean, the initial reading of it, you could like, I can see people hearing it and saying. Wait, he wants to be with Hillinghead? And like, no, that's no, not what he no, means. No. They, he it's he impossible. belongs like in this world in 1890, he feels like he belongs. Harker or like Maddox does, right? He's mm-hmm. he's he's got Polly, he's making a family, life is great. This is where he finally feels loved. He knows he is loved here. So he he belongs here, but Hillinghead does not. Whereas where he came from. He did not, uh, uh, Maddox did not feel like he belonged there. He did not feel like he was loved there. But Hillinghead would belong there. Oh, see, I took it a lot more literally than you, which was there, there's there's the world they live in, and mm-hmm. it has come to a head now where they yeah. both cannot belong in this world. Like, there is no other choice that he, Julian has other than killing Hillinghead now. He tried. Yeah. He tried to yeah. give him an out, like, frame Henry, and we could both exist in this world. Yeah. But you didn't. Time is inevitable. Like this is all inevitable. Yeah. Sorry, that's how I took it as. But I, and I which is great. I, and that's one of the things I love about this line is I think there are multiple interpretations to this, and that's one of them. And the other one is, look, I, be- that? I I belong here. You don't. I didn't belong there. You do. Mm-hmm. I tried to make it so that we could both belong at the same time in the same place, but I just can't. Sorry, chief. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So uh, this is a great scene too. Do you think Hillinghead actually died? Ah, uh, it's a good question. They don't uh, show their deaths on screen. Same with they Wayne. don't. I know you're right. I, I, you know how I, I, I felt about it. I was really hoping that they'd live or some yeah. way. I, well, I mean, if have you read the synopsis for the finale? No. Okay. You know I don't read that stuff. Do you want to me to read you the synopsis for the finale? If you think you should, you can. I, I think I should, given the information you just gave me. Oh no! 
across decades, the detectives work together yes! to stop Elias oh, from reshaping oh. history. Let's go. Will will words be enough to break the loop and save thousands of lives? No. <laughs> I hope not. I hope, I hope not. not. I hope it doesn't break the loop. I'm cool with that they talk to him and he helps them stop himself and the like undo the, the damage he did so the loop still occurs and they look we we still like it's all still on the table. Defoe went to the past and the future. They called back to it and they they delivered on it. Right? Yeah. They, he went back four days and forward four days. So that means every time that when Julian went back well, 165 years, 164 years, I guess, he also went forward 164 years. Yeah, now Maplewood's done that. Yeah, Maplewood's done the same thing. Um, Defoe, I, I'm, I'm very confused about Defoe <laughs> because how, how does he end up in four different past or three different versions of the past? I guess four. He fell over a lot. Yeah, okay. In a superpositioned state. Yeah. I'm more curious if all those Defoe's have his exact... I'm assuming they all have the exact same memory. as it looks like exact duplicates. I, this yeah, is, I don't this know. This is one other thing, actually, I wanted to mention before I forget, which I, I probably yeah. will forget for later, which is the fact that Mannix is his own, what, great-grandfather? Right. Um, or great-great-grandfather. Well, so Hayden... He said Hayden's children Hayden. will have children. And those children will have children, and one of them will be my father. So, so he's his great great grandfather, then. Yeah, I think so. What are the DNA odds of that? <laughs> <laughs> like, like the odds of if you're you were the exact DNA clone of your great great grandfather? Yeah, Just I know. I know. Interesting. I know. So anyway, but so uh, I think that we are. I, I think we're going to see Helen Head and Whiteman some more, but. Remember, now we saw Maplewood go back to Long Harvest Lane, clearly not modern. So, uh, but we we don't know where that is. She may have gone back to a point where Helen Head's still alive. I I feel like at this point, I would love to go back and watch all the eighteen ninety scenes and see if I can see Maplewood in the background somewhere because I bet you can. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll wait on that. Um, yeah. Until we get. Well, after the finale, if I see there's a scene where they, because they they do that, they'll show know, us. With, they'll show yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're right. Actually, they probably would show us. Yeah. He, or he might. So they show a scene here where Mannix sees like Henry, or Hillinghead leaves his family to talk to Henry, and then he you know gets the, yes stops the thief for Polly. Yeah. I wonder if you can see Mannix or Julian yeah. Harker in that scene if you go back and watch it because it might be the case where mm -hmm. they're around. But the camera yeah. just never shows them, right? That's possible. Yeah. yeah, but I but I think that there's I think there's a fair chance that uh, we have seen Maplewood here somewhere. If if we have, I I, I doubt there's a way you could tell it's Maplewood. Right, right, right. Like so, should be wearing like a, a hood or something, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Anyway, all right. Well, okay. So I think then since we've got our favorite mini scenes covered here, let's uh, let's play a game, Kurt. Who said it? Mr. Sal, I have to ask. Okay. Since we didn't cover $2053, there are only three quotes. 2023, you mean? Sorry, yeah, 2023. Uh, no, I still have four quotes. It's, see, that's inflation right there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I right. not accept that at that point. <laughs> All right. Well, there's 1889, remember? Uh, 
you got me there. <laughs> you're right. No, you're right. It's true. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, there's also, well, never mind. Yeah, we don't know where Maplewood went back to exactly as right. well. Yeah. Okay. So I've, I've I've ramped these up in what I feel is the order of difficulty. So starting with the easiest, here's your here's your first quote. Welcome to the pain that everybody else who's ever existed has to deal with. Mr. Sally, you got to make it easier. Maplewood to Hassan. <laughs> yeah. Which is on uh, Albie's couch. Yes, you got it. That's right. Yeah. That, see, that Even was. Pretty... You gave me the easiest one. I'm a yeah. jerk about it going, oh, so easy. <laughs> but it is. I mean, it, it's. It, Maplewood goes to Albie, her, her brother, which is where she's been stashing Hassan. Hassan tells her about Jawad's death. You know, he, lost, he didn't die in the initial blast, he lost his teeth. She's told him that the tooth fairy would come. Just, this, uh, this is emotional, but um, Maplewood kind of puts her in her place and says, you know what? You're not the only person who lost somebody. My first memory is of my mother dying, <laughs> which is, I mean, that, that'll mess you up for sure. Uh, although I do, I do think she kind of devalues her loss by saying it's her first memory <laughs> so so then you, you weren't really attached to this lady then you didn't remember I mean, anything before I that i didn't even think about that part <laughs> i didn't think about the fact that it's her first memory but yeah but i'm sure it's still traumatic because you're like oh yeah 100 and that might be why it's her first memory because yeah. it was so traumatic that she lost all her other memories so uh it, it, it is very it's it's very emotional and very traumatic and i would not minimize maplewood's uh trauma here but um I, I did enjoy hearing her kind of get in, get to hassan and say look you're not the only person who lost someone but some things are you know whatever bigger than than us um and she and she, she gives that quote that welcome to the pain that everybody else who's ever existed has to deal with. And then you either live with it, you move on, or you don't. And she's Hassan, I think, starts uh, respecting her a little more for having said that. But Maplewood also tells her that she regrets with every fiber of her being shooting Defoe. But she has a plan to save him and everyone. Well, that's kind they, of his plan. but I guess so. so he did say, catch me if you can. And then where do we fast forward to? My 75th birthday. <laughs> you got the year now. I was so excited. When I, July 22nd is my birthday. How, how really... would you feel if they if they had a little thing of you? Like someone who kind of looked like you. Uh, 75. I would have loved it. This is like a, my grandfather or something. I, I would have freaked out, actually. I'd be like, wait a minute. What is happening right now? That's me. Anyway, um, so we fast forward four days into the future because Maplewood found Defoe's body in Long Harvest Lane four days prior. So she says, well, let's go four days into the future and we'll, we'll catch up to him there because she remembered that he said that the, the particle split symmetrically. So if you go back four days, you also go forward four days. So she and Hassan and Albi with a high-tech head brace of some kind wait for Defoe to arrive, and he does. They brace him up and get him out of there. They don't have a plan, but Defoe does. You know you know what this made me realize? I wonder hmm. if the Maplewood that went back in time isn't going to fix the problem, but the one that went in the future will. 
Well, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. So, I see, I, that, and yeah. I can totally live with that. That's fine. Oh, they yeah. Can do, yeah they can do whatever they want in the future. I, oh, I don't yeah. Care. Oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and then and that would make sense because Hassan's whole point was that he said he regretted what, what or Andrew said that Elias regretted what happened. So where would he regret it? Well, maybe in the future when he, he is split. From, he never gets to feel loved, right? You know, he gets to feel love and maybe he sees the aftermath of his... Yeah, and he sees the aftermath of it. Yes, exactly right. So, fine. I'm down with that. All right. You ready for your second quote? Oh, I'm ready. You sure about that? Okay. What the heck? I'm not so sure. All right. Quote number two. The past is a real place. Oh, gee. I... I, I Because it, it, you don't die in the past. Oh, okay. Here's what it says. Polly, 1941... Polly says this to Mannix when he's on his deathbed. You got it. Yes. Polly alerts Julian that Whiteman is harboring Esther. She knows what she must do, but she takes comfort in knowing that there is no such thing as death. The past is a real place and that nothing ever truly dies. I would argue that everything constantly dies. Yeah, exactly. This is a real place. Every moment is fleeting. (laughs) Yep, exactly. So it, it is... At least as good an argument for your <laughs> position as it is for Polly's. <laughs> it's like YOLO, right? You only live once. Yeah, this is just just as good an argument to not do something as it is to do something. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, anyway, uh, Julian then records his final record, which is the one that Elias will hear on the boat, and Polly departs to set uh, set the events of their demise and Whitman Whiteman's into motion. That's all we get in 1941, right? It is. It is. I did like how they kind of flash through the Whitman and Hillinghead timeline. To so get, we like, know where we are. Yeah. I, I, I really like that a lot. So this was this was really cool. Okay. Third, yeah, they're really good at keeping this timeline. Because this with is one not possible confusing. exception. <laughs> one possible exception. Maybe two not, not, in this well, episode. Oh, okay. Well, I felt in terms of a series as a whole. Mm-hmm. I could see a series like this being very confusing to keep track of how the yes. timeline went for a lot of things. Yes. I think they've done a stand-up job. They have. Knowing what events happened in what order, yep. kind of. Uh, well, some... up until this episode, every timeline has been linear, right? They haven't yeah. been jumping around within that timeline. That's true. But there is there is one thing that, I, that I'm very... I think I have an explanation for it, but I don't know if I like the explanation for it. So we'll All see right. what happens when we get there. All right. Quote number three, mm-hmm. we will build a beautiful life together. Do you, oh, no, wait a minute. I, I, this is for my favorite scene. I am only doing three quotes. Do you want to... <laughs> <laughs> so I see the inflation's back down. Yeah, we're back down. Okay. This is, this is, so forget that one. It was going to be, we will build a beautiful life together. Do you want to be a part of it? So that was from my favorite scene, though. So that's what that would bait, be, though. That's such that would bait. be that would be cheating. <laughs> That'd be cheating. All right. So your last quote, then your third quote. You're two for two. You could be perfect here, but this is our hard, hard one. Yeah. Oh man, this is a rough one. This is the boss. <laughs> okay. No, always. What? <laughs> he son of a gun. <laughs> no, always. Yep. I think this is a fair quote, but it is hard. Hmm. I'm, I'm trying to think back now. Cause if I could probably think in the moment, I might get it. No, always. Can I can I ask for a spelling on the no? N O. Okay. 
That's why. That's why I, I didn't know if it was like to know something. Okay. Right. Yeah. No. Always. Hmm. Um. Just just take a few things through my head. No. Always. I. I the the somber tone is that the tone in which it's said. Uh, I'll try it to do it in the tone in which it's said. No. Always. Oh, jeez. Never mind. Okay. Well, I, I was wondering if this is when after they. I thought this was maybe when Polly learned the truth about Julian's cabal of Kael and whatever have you, but no. Mm-hmm. Always. That, that that sounds a little more Ah oh, jeez, I really Yeah, I'm I'm pretty lost for a loop here. No. Always. Uh whatever. I, I gotta throw a guess at some point. Uh I'll I'll go with twenty fifty three uh Maplewood says it to Defoe. No, I'm sorry. That is not that. I have no idea. You were on the right track. It was Julian to Polly. But really, it's when Polly says, Are you often right? He says, No. Oh, Oh, (laughs) yes. Oh, yes. I loved Uh, it when he said that. Yeah, no, I did too. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. Oh, (laughs) I needed more to get that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He said it way too somber than he said it. I think even I when I to- when I tried to say it the way he said it, even then, yeah, that's too somber. Or that oh, was, like, okay. Menacing. Well, if you could have seen me, I had a little smirk on my face. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, all right. So in this scene, uh, po- well, this is uh, I'm going to take it from when Polly first goes to Harker House. So Polly impresses Agatha with her playing. Julian invites her to co- come again, but he's got to leave. Again, she comes and plays, and again, he's called away. He works on plans for the bank vault that we're going to see, and uh, well, that we saw in the previous episode. She finds a painting of Defoe's body, and he finds her finding it. And he tells her what the man, what the men who come to see him do with him. He makes them money with stock advice. And this is where she says, "Are you often right? No, always." <laughs> He offers her permanent employment to help with Agatha. You can see this budding romance. How old do you think Polly is? I don't want to think about it. I honestly don't think she's as young as you think she is. I, th- I don't I think, think so either. I, I, I think, think she's, she's in her 20s. I think she's I in her know. 20s. All right. But it's a pretty big I, age gap. I think maybe like 21, 22. Uh, and he's probably, I think he's supposed to be. Well, he's 15 in, 20, in 2023, so that 30 years later, so that puts him at 45. So 45. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> it was a different time. It was. It, it is a different time. That's true. <laughs> oh, it is. You're right. There's no was in this show. Yep. Okay. <laughs> it is a different time. <laughs> All right. Well, you are two, you were two for three, and that last one was 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 a toughie. I'll grant you that. But all right, Kurt. I think we'll enter the recap. In what may have been the easiest symbol to identify here, you say that it took me a while to get that that was a oh, piano key. Oh, I, really? I, I was looking. At it, I was like, "What is that?" I was like, "Is that like a piece of stone?" That's. I. I it took me longer than it should have to figure out that was yeah. a key. I looked at it, couldn't figure it out. Watched you know, the episode, looked at it yeah. again after I watched it, and went, oh, that's a piano key. Okay. <laughs> you know what's really interesting is they could have 
just like they added a black key okay they didn't have to add or a white key i can't remember if the e is black or white to begin with they added a key that didn't have to add because the e itself yeah kind of has that could have just been that shape yeah but they added another one so that it was a little more obvious but um and, and like before the episode even started once i saw it was piano keys i knew exactly what it was going to represent yeah, when i so. watched this episode i did not know the symbol while i was watching it yeah. I, I was i was like i gotta go back and look at that symbol. <laughs> i have no idea what this is all right gotcha well anyway in 1889 maddox wakes up in the hospital a ward dedicated to the me- to the memory of julian harker who he that's claims to be that's really weird yeah because i'm here <laughs> Agatha comes to see him and clearly doesn't recognize him. He tells her his story, how he escaped the Burmese. Uh, those Burmese yeah, the, the, uh, have nothing on a Whitechapel scallywag who took his shirt and shot him in the knee. <laughs> Which I think is also a ridiculous <laughs> concept. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why did they shoot you in the knee? Scallywag says. <laughs> Stole the shirt off me back. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, but she buys in at this point, and she does seem to recognize him at this point. Like, there's a look of, there's a clear change and a moment of recognition, but apparently fake, as we'll come to find out later in my favorite scene. Continuing in 1889, the staff and dog, Archie, are pretty stunned by uh, Mannix as Julian. They, and when we see the painting we can see why julian is huge and bald and maddox is small and not bald (laughs) so oh well uh next scene is my favorite scene the tarot card reading so we'll skip ahead now we're in 1890 in long harvest lane julian turns off the gaslight and he welcomes defoe he hides as henry finds the body this, see, this is part of his immunity thing right oh yeah he he knows he can come here he can gloat whatever yeah and th- you actually get to see the, the window, and, but the yes, but the window where uh, Henry catches the reflection of him. Yeah, during the flash. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. The other thing too, oh, actually, we'll get to it later. But when I'll keep going on. All right, Polly plays at church as Julian looks on. We've already seen this scene, but now we're seeing it from Julian's perspective, which is always a cool thing. I, I really like when they do this in in TV. Uh, They show you the same scene, but from a different perspective. Afterwards, Julian looks on as Hillinghead goes off with Henry. A kid swipes Polly's locket, which is how it broke. We we saw Hillinghead Mm -hmm. fixing that chain later on, or earlier, I guess. (laughs) Time. (laughs) And Julian trips this kid. He returns the locket and compliments her playing. And she offers offers to come play for his mother. (laughs) Which is, which is uh, very bold, very high spirits, according to her mother. <laughs> uh, oh, that's that's the other quote I was going to give you. No, really? I would have gotten that one. Yeah, the high spirits, or uh, maybe, maybe I would have given you, um, why did you have to say that? Or something. Yeah. That one I might not have gotten. I, I, would, I do recognize it's from this year. I remember saying it, but I don't know if I would have yeah. gotten that cold. Well, at any rate, it doesn't matter uh, because I didn't give you those quotes. <laughs> do you, you believe Julian when he later says that this was a surprise to him? Or do you think he paid off this pickpocket? Oh, it's, uh, well, first of all, it's not a surprise. You well, you don't think this is a surprise? You know, I, I, I don't know why in my head I think 
I don't think it's a surprise because I think okay. he knew that obviously he knew this was going to happen, but I don't think he paid off the pickpocketer. I, I don't think, think it's so obvious. I think it actually think, was a surprise. I think his future, look at the way he positions himself and he's just ready right where it is. Like he's waiting here for it. Like he's looking at her steps in line, like steps in the way of where the pickpocketer is going to run afterward. I think his future self told him, Hey, here's how you win this girl over. Like, I think he's coached himself on what he has to do. Okay, that's a, that's a, that's a possibility. Uh, either I, he paid him off, or he already like. To me, he clearly knows what's going on. That's okay. what I think. I thought so, but I believe him when he says no. That was a surprise for some no. reason. I believe him. I I, I felt like maybe he was nervous because he didn't even invite Polly to come play at his mother's house. I, I think he knew. Himself. I think he knew she was going to offer. So how much do you think? Again. How much do you think that you can record on those records? Because like, I, so part of me is that's like two hundred fifty-five. Is he? Is he is he fully scripted at every moment, or is yeah, he just given the broad strokes? You think I, he's full- I think he is because, like, so what? What do you think is the stock market? Right, like he he's never wrong. He must have been right, reading right. up about the stock market. Like that wasn't the. I I think he lives a pretty scripted life. <laughs> that's okay. my that's my headcanon for Maddox, or at least Julian okay. Harker is. He's prepped his whole life for this moment, for like coming yeah. back in time and living his best life. No, I totally agree, but I I don't. I mean, if you, he's recording in 1941, how much does he really remember at age 99 about something that happened 50 years ago? I'm sure he remembers how, especially if it was told to him. He remembers it was told to him, but not only that, yeah. he remembers you know how he first met his wife. Hmm. Yeah, he's still you know married to to this day. I'm sure. Okay, they remember that. I don't think it's as scripted as you think. I think there's still some things that, that he has to come up with on in the moment but i mean so here's stuff that isn't scripted right healing head healing head having the incriminating photos of him later that's not scripted right he he didn't know i, I don't think he knew ahead of time that was going to happen but whatever he knows Wait, he's invincible here or like henry gets really? a photo of him that i don't think scripted now he wouldn't have put that in a record. That's he definitely puts that in a record. No, why would he? Because he knows he's going to get past it. His future self never told him, it, and he got past it. Because he's got to tell him. You got. You got to. You got to take out Hellinghead. You got to. No, you got to. You got to frame this guy because no one told him, so he was fine, and that's all was how it's going to happen. So what's the point? He only has to tell what he heard, in a way, which is really odd because it, it's a self. It's. It's a self-evident sort of. You can't fight me on this, Mister Sam, because I could always oh. plead back to. He only had to tell himself what he had to tell him. Well, okay, but <laughs> how does he know to get the incriminating photos of Hilling Head in the first place? He had he to did, be told to do that. No, he doesn't know he has to do that. He just decides to do it. What? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because he instead he could have just had him killed. He and, had. He, he hadn't had him met him yet. Not farce with it as much. Oh, you know what? No, well, no, he. The, the the guy tells him he was that. keeping ta- he was keeping tabs on Hellinghead, but he hadn't yeah. even met Hellinghead yet until that night of the seance. No, you're right. No, you're definitely right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I love those words. Well, <laughs> I don't know how he got tabs of Hellinghead. The photos could have been a surprise to him. Truly, I I definitely think he knows about the incriminating photo of him. I think that's why he took his glove off to turn the gaslight off. He's like, you got to leave your fingerprint there so that Hellinghead will get that photo and get that fingerprint and put two and two together and come to your house so that that's you can true. frame him that's for the murder. The yeah. 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 That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Like that those are the things that I think that he needs 
to know. I don't think those he... are scripted though. The thief's got to be scripted. That's how that's his origin story with Polly. You think he didn't mention that? Yeah, you're probably right. All right. All right. Well, anyway. this pushes it to me more that this guy's living a scripted life then. <laughs> anyway, all almost right. as though it's for a TV show or something. That gets really <laughs> meta if they start realizing they're part of a show. <laughs> I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen that in a series. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil. No, too don't much, spoil but... that. Yeah, no. Just oh leave it man, there. I don't it even know what something. you're referring to. It but... is something. Oh man, it's like anyway. I'll, I'll leave it there. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Uh, we, we've already gotten past this next scene. So, uh, the men appreciate the seance insights. Now, this is where I'm confused. Okay, because Polly and Julian meet on the day of the Hillinghead seance, right? Because that's the day that he went off with Henry, right? So if we remember back to, to the episode three or four or whatever it was, okay, he, here's Polly playing, Hillinghead, here's Polly playing church, and then meets up with Henry, goes off, and then it's all one day. They go, they find the cane maker. They see that it's Julian. He's hanging out at Henry's house. They're about to kiss. There's a knock on the door. It's Mullins with an invitation to come to the seance that night. Right. Because, because then the next day he goes home and his wife's like, well, you didn't come home last night. Where were you? So that was all one day. So now I'm confused by this part of it. If they only just met on that day, how much time was there between that day and when Hillinghead turns, turned himself in? I didn't feel like there was maybe, I don't know, maybe like three or four days at the most. So what's the um, part that confuses, confuses you? The poly the part, montage? Or so what is it? Two, so two things. The poly montage that it seems like they've developed quite this relation, quite the relationship over, over a pretty long period of time before she goes to him and crying that her father's been arrested for murder. Uh-huh. Right. That, that's the first part. But then the second part is this scene that I'm about to talk about. These men are all his business partners. They appreciate the seance insights, but they try to dissuade him from buying the bank. And Paxman warns him about Hillinghead's photo. And then we get the flashes to Hillinghead's seance and arrest. And Julian says, well, we're about to have a much more incriminating photo of, of Hillinghead. But that would have happened the day he met Polly, which means that this scene is happening before he ever met Polly, right? You're starting to confuse me now. So, okay. Okay. So, so no, no, no. I, well, I, 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 I get what you're saying, but right. I, I, I feel like the timeline's wrong here. So, wait, the same day that Hillinghead went to church, you're saying is the same. Like, why, why couldn't he have gone to church earlier? I, because this is also the day that he goes off with Henry and has the exact right. same dialogue. Mm-hmm. So, like, I know. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, this is the day go off with Henry. Yeah. They, they, they see him, but did he get to invite that same day? Yes, they do. Because mm-hmm. then, the, then the next morning, the wife is like, you didn't come home last night. Right? Yeah, no. I mean, no, no, you're right. So, I guess this is pre, I guess this is pre-Polly then. It has to be, because he says we're about to have a much more incriminating photo of Hillinghead. Yeah. So, this, this scene must be a flashback, right? I guess so yeah. this is this is like well, the only this is the only time they've been non-linear in any of these timelines. It's a, it's very disorienting. I didn't realize that until you just said it, but no, I, I see what you mean. Hmm. Yeah. 
This, and this this is another reason I didn't mention it in the opening because it was too confusing. But this is another reason why I don't give this episode a ten because well, I no. I'm, well, wait, why why does it have to be pre poly though? Because he says we're about to have a much more incriminating photo. He got the photo yeah, of Hillinghead no, the night he met Polly. Yeah, yeah, because he would have met Polly after that meeting at church. Yeah, yeah, and that's the same time he walked off to talk to Henry. Uh, last thing here. When he leaves to talk to Henry, we're presuming it's that same time, and it looks like it's that same time. But what if it's not? What if it's a separate time? What? Like that he went to talk to Henry prior to that somehow. I'm but to, I'm but it's the out. same. It's the same dialogue though. I just they happen to talk the same way when they first see each other. Howdy. I don't think your wife likes me very much. I don't think anybody <laughs> I, likes I know, you very I much. Like, it's a very specific well, dialogue. I, I, well, you know, they have their they have their bits that they like to <laughs> their their ruts they like to live in. Listen, okay. just, I'm trying to justify it here, all right? Yeah, I, I don't I don't think you can. I I don't know if this is just like an oversight or if there's an intent of this scene being a flashback, which is that's that's what I'm going with in my head. We are seeing something that happened like maybe a week ago or something. Well, because it also leads into like the poisoning montage. So that would make sense if it was like kind of a flashback. So it kind of mm-hmm. does this, leads into the Hillinghead montage, and then and now we get Polly talking about her father's arrest. Right. So uh, it just it also just seems like. It was a very short amount of time. Maybe I, I know that relationships moved faster then, so, so maybe that's it. But it seemed like a very short amount of time for that montage to happen between the time that Helling had, had his seance and Helling had turned himself in. But whatever. I, I, we can stop talking about this now. I, I don't. I, I, it's not that big a deal, but it's it stuck in my craw a bit. At any rate, Polly asks Julian to help her father. He doesn't respond, but he does pull those photos. And then we get your favorite scene, which is, uh, I guess we should, yeah, we should mention that Ladbroke takes Hillinghead uh, to prison and it gives, gives him the walk of shame first, right? You guys can walk past all the police officers who just yell, literally shame him the whole time. All right. Moving forward, Julian breaks the bad news to Polly as a suicide. She can't believe that, though. He would never do that. Do you think Polly can tell he's lying? Yes. Because they do the thing, you know, they hinted at it with yeah. her father, and she like yeah. looks him in the eye. Yeah. And now, the other thing is that I, I I do wonder if Polly died believing this lie, or if to- Polly died knowing the truth. And if she knew the truth, did Julian tell her? Or did she just surmise it? Mm-hmm. So yeah, anyway, she, knows she was going to die. That's another thing I wonder too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good question. Okay, let. Oh, so this is all we this, we can leave eighteen eighty uh, nine or eight ninety right now, unless you want to finish up eighteen ninety. Ah, uh, we can finish up eighteen ninety. All right. Well, then finishing up eighteen ninety, Julian and Polly's wedding. Uh, happens. Uh, we get to see the the night of a little bit. There's this loving montage. They're clearly a pretty happy couple. Yeah. Uh, she's she's also pregnant, and baby Hayden arrives after what shortly after. That, what did um What did Julian say to his baby? <laughs> uh, uh, it was like, "We'll get it right. We're yeah, you get this yeah, right, you, Hayden." We'll this. So, yeah. <laughs> it's like what yeah. a weird thing to say to your kid. 
I love you, great grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Julian wakes Polly in the middle of the night as guests arrive. She says, he says, he tells her it's time for you to know the truth. And he takes her to the body room where there's the preserved corpse of Defoe. He'll call it the body room. <laughs> well, not the title. Yeah, but the series is Bodies. That's fair. And yeah, and I, I guess there wasn't copies of Defoe that they made. These are just collections from across the time. I guess so. They must have always had the, the, um, the coroner on board <laughs> at every turn. Anyway, uh, he takes her to the, to the room here and loads of people are there hailing her. He tells her that he's from the future, a great future that he built. And she's part of it now. She doesn't take it too well. She takes Hayden and gets out of there. He catches up to her and tells her his real name and about the loop. And that you're my flesh and blood. We're family. Which is very creepy to think about. Because he is married to his great-great-great-grandmother. Or great-great-grandmother. He's just great-great. Okay. And always has been. That's the hor- That's <laughs> kind of the horror part of it coming out. Here oh, yeah. For her. Which I, I like. It looks like she eventually internalizes it. But it's it's horrific in a way. To, to think oh, her yeah. whole life scripted. This guy's plot in a way. <laughs> But not only yeah. really him, it's just all inevitable. He didn't he didn't choose to. It yeah. just is. Yep. Oh, you know what? I guess this this really could come down to free will in a way. Huh. Are they gonna showcase that free will versus predestination in some way? Is that is that I mean, this now that, I'm trying to show? That maybe. I mean, I I don't know. They 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 did present that argument with Defoe and Maplewood and their and their little like that worries me. conversation. But they have leaned way into the other in this whole series. So they it would have. surprise me. Well, it scares me that Maplewood's going back now. And if they if they decide they better not mix up the timeline. They better <laughs> this better not happen. I'll be so upset. Oh my god. <laughs> we'll we will see. Did they like kill Mannix in the past? I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Maplewood, Maplewood uh tells the Prime Minister that she doesn't know where Mannix is at this time. Which is what well, before you even all right? You want to keep, keep going in eighteen ninety? Well, let's just finish up nineteen forty one. Well, we already did that scene. Oh, you're right. Oh, you're right. There. Yeah, there's Again. only one scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, then let's bump it yeah. to on to twenty fifty three. So, Maplewood tells the Prime Minister that she doesn't know where Mannix is at this time. And I like the phrasing there specifically at this time in twenty fifty three. I don't know where he is, <laughs> but but not. Not at this time, though. Not 2053. You go back to 1890 or somewhere (laughs) around there? He's on Long Harvest Lane. (laughs) Exactly. She warns them about the throat, and they promote her and ask if she's seen Hassan, who is missing. She says she never saw her. So she is lying to the prime minister because we know, not yet, but we're about to know that she is harboring Hassan. Maplewood returns home and sobs, seeing everything just as she left it, including Defoe's satchel. And in it, she finds a timeline and remembers the symmetry of Defoe's time travel, four days into the past and four days into the future. So we get the scene at Albies. They rescue rescue Defoe, and we'll jump forward ahead here to the last scene where Defoe wakes up. Maplewood is prepared to do whatever it takes, which reminded me of Mrs. Davis. So that was a big, and, and one of the episodes there, I think it was episode five, maybe. There's a big theme of whatever it takes. Do you remember that? I do. 
Mrs. Davis, great series, folks. Check that out. Was it eight episodes? That's it. It's eight it's episodes, all, yeah. It's all series was not just like this. Yeah. Just like this. Definitely <laughs> would recommend it. There you it go. Is, it's an interesting yeah. series. You don't feel sure. that series like it. No, no, not at all. All right, uh, Defoe. Uh, so anyway, uh, she's prepared to do whatever it takes. Unfortunately, Defoe doesn't think they can do anything because everything they did directly caused what has already happened. Yes, thank you, Defoe. That was that was correct. Iris uh, uh, points to the oh, throat, no. though. They have that. It's not nothing. Hassan pipes up with her story. The universe wants him alive, but Andrew Morley told her that Maddox dies full of regret. Now, it doesn't mean that he dies in 1941 full of regret. Morley might not even know that. It doesn't sound that way in the records. It doesn't sound full of regret. The more, the, I'm, I'm thinking that he dies well into the future full of regret. So, Maple that would maybe Morley just completely wrong. Just rumor and speculation and <laughs> That's possible too. He maybe he, maybe he's projecting. I would be so full of regret if I did this. So he must <laughs> also be. So anyway, Maplewood wants to to uh, outsmart the universe, reasonable, uh, and confront him to sow doubt. Maplewood knows she's going to die in if she goes through the throat, but f it, she goes through and comes out spineless on the other side in what appears to be 1890. Yeah, something something around there. Yeah. Spineless. Good luck. <laughs> I mean, one more episode. That's it. They've done a good job of uh, leading us to the finale it's been, here. It's been great so far. Like I said, last episode could have been the finale we thought about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ended it like that. How is it going to end now? Are I they going to break their own rules? Or are they oh, going to yeah. tell a great tale? I'm hoping <laughs> they incorporate. <laughs> Can't be both. Well, no, yeah, if they break their rules, this will be a terrible... I I, I will... We'll, we'll see. I, I'll leave that for if they do that, yeah. There's, yeah. No, need to, there's no need to talk about the what-ifs if it has, doesn't even happen yet. I, it, I it's know. inevitable, I think, whatever the series will end up being, because it's mm-hmm. all... Seven, epi- seven episodes in, I, I they have won me over, and I, I'm putting a fair amount of faith in them to deliver a good ending That's here. Right. But, so, all right, but... Only time will tell, and for now, let's tell the time of TV. TV time! Ain't no time like a TV time! Kurt, I think that uh, the people gave this a five. I definitely agree with that. Good, because, you know what? They did, 78%. And I think that you said your favorite character was Maddox. 1890 was your favorite stuff. I think that's that's where you land here. I think the people say Mannix. I think you say Mannix. I also think the people say Mannix. I did say Mannix. I also said Mannix. <laughs> yeah, man. Why would you not Mannix, say Mannix? Mannix, Mannix and... You know what? You know why? Because the people... the people are no fans of who they perceive as the antagonist of the series. Oh, and, and Maplewood comes out on top at 70%. Jeez. Oh 70%. Maddox is in third behind Hillinghead, too, in second place. Hillinghead had, like, four minutes of screen time. Yeah, wow, they really don't like the antagonist. I guess not. I'm surprised they put Hillinghead and Whiteman both ahead of Hassan, too. Or Defoe, for that matter. But if, they right. loved, if they love Maplewood so much, why don't you get what? Well, I guess that, that's just the people who voted for Maplewood. <laughs> so, anyway, 
What's he gonna do? Matt, I I think Maddox is a clear choice here. Oh yeah, no, definitely, hundred percent Maddox. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you disagree with his flaws, I mean, yeah, it depends what you write as your favorite character. Like, if, if if it's that you don't like the character, like he, mm-hmm. I, I he's he, he's against my characters. Then fair, I okay, guess, but I guess I don't know. It's not an interesting I, way to vote for favorite character. I yeah, exactly. I think I think Maddox. I think they've done a good job of giving Maddox enough humanity. Yeah, there's enough gray in there. Yeah, yeah, especially when when he's Elias in 2023, uh-huh. which I think I, that's why I think you know a little Elias. In this that's the worst so. he really does. Yeah, pulling that trigger. I say yeah. that's the worst he does. He does do other worse things like killing Hillinghead. Yeah, I mean he does some bad stuff here. I mean it's it's everything the he does. Yeah. A utopia he's trying to build. Yeah, I guess. I mean, the, that could be the justification for lots of uh, horrible thing, yeah, things in history. Actually. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, I mean, he's no, he's pretty some... villainous to me now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. There's definitely that that piece of it. But I I go back to not he's trying to build a utopia, but it, it's it's the quest to feel loved. Yeah, and yeah. there's nothing more human than that. Uh, so, uh, like, the, to me. Like the, his motivations as Elias and as fifteen-year-old Elias, first of all, he was fifteen. Second of all, he had never felt loved in his life, and thirdly, that's what he's going for. Just he wants to feel loved, and he wants everybody else to feel loved too. Okay, that's noble. That's noble. Utopia, not necessarily noble. <laughs> Anyone can build a utopia. <laughs> Anyone can say they're building a utopia. Crab trips on the beach, boom, utopia. But you know what? If 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 a utopia is a utopia for some at the expense of others, that's not a utopia. <laughs> so it depends who or I am in that. At least it's not noble, but uh, <laughs> but know you're loved is a noble concept. So that's why I think there's enough there's enough there in Mannix, enough humanity that I'm fully on board with the character yeah, being like, being my favorite. He's not evil. Let's like some cartoonish evil people are like just to be evil like hey, 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 yeah i'm gonna do global warming because i'm <laughs> evil like they're just a vacation to do evil things it's just because they're evil right exactly or because it's a bad thing to do is why they want to do it he's you know he has like a sense his justification is he believes he's building he thinks he built a great world and with yeah. him in charge and he wants to build it again is there some selfish motives Probably, potentially, but yeah. there's there's enough justification there that it makes it interesting and th- there's humanity in it. I agree with that. Yeah. Look, he wants to know that he's loved. And you know what the title of the next episode is? The what final? Is know You Are Loved. That is the title of the finale. That seems very appropriate before even having seen it. I, I agree. <laughs> so, so that'll be interesting. We'll see how that goes. We'll see next week, folks. We'll be wrapping up bodies. That sounded terrible. We don't have any. We we don't have any bodies to wrap up, but we will be wrapping up our coverage of the Netflix series that is entitled Bodies, or at least the episode to episode coverage. We'll have a recap episode the week after that. But but there you have it. In the meantime, check out our other coverage of our other series, like Mrs. Davis. I think that uh, if you like bodies, you probably like Mrs. Davis. Check out the other, other murder mysteries that we've had. We've got all of Only Murders in the Building, all three seasons. 
We've got uh, a murder at the end of the world that just finished up. Well, it's finishing this week. Actually, we're we're dropping our our coverage of uh, we already dropped our coverage of the final episode, but we're dropping our recap episode this week. So uh, there you go. You can check that out too. I hope that was good. Otherwise, we wasted eight weeks on it. <laughs> we haven't seen it yet. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so uh, I guess seven weeks because they they dropped the first two episodes in one week. So oh well, that doesn't uh, help. Well, we we're also going to have to start a new series in the body slot here soon, and I I, I got I got some thinking to do, folks. I, I don't have an answer for that yet, but uh, let folks you know, check that other stuff out. Give us five star ratings and reviews. Tell people about the podcast. Tell people about the series that we cover because we feel like these are series worth watching. That's why we've invested so much time into them, watching them and talking about them and thinking about them. It's a lot, but we love doing it. Uh, you can email us at showhopperspodcast.gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. We're happy to uh, talk about them on the podcast if we have them for a series like A Murder at the End of the World that we're covering it live. It won't happen with bodies, unfortunately, but we still love to hear from you, so send us those emails. We appreciate that. Anything you'd like to add, Kurt? I really hope they don't mess up this finale. I, I don't I'm yeah. so scared now. I know. I know. I'm a little scared too, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Now that we've finished talking about this this episode, we can go watch that last one and we'll know in very short order. Well, maybe not so short order. It is like an hour long. But anyway, folks, enjoy your week and know you are loved. Shoe hammer some show hoppers into your day.